It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Four o'clock hour, it's Cofield and Company rolling on ESPN Las Vegas, ESPN Reno. Welcome in the north. Adam Hill is here. Ari is running things here in the Finley Toyota Studios in Las Vegas. We start off the 4 o'clock hour with the Big Four. Let's do it. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Four at four. Number four. Fernando Alonso. Do you know this name? Especially with F1 coming to town. Um, I know it as of like three hours ago. Really? Because he's dating someone famous, now you know who he is. We don't even know if he's dating someone It's famous. rumored. It's There's rumored. He is, he's incredibly famous. I think he's the oldest driver now uh, on the F1 tour. He's 43. I assumed he was NASCAR. Uh, he's F1. I think I have that right. Yeah, F1. Mm-hmm. Is that who it is? Fernando Alonso. Yeah. Okay. Right? That was a story. In the You sent over a story about your, uh, your favorite lady, Taylor Swift. Well, I only assumed it was NASCAR because the reason – that it kind of started circulating more today was that they asked Bubba Wallace about him. Oh, really? They're like, "What about your boy Fernando dating Taylor Swift?" And he's like, "What?" He was all he was all into it. Um, didn't know about it, hadn't heard about it. Was told mm-hmm. by this person that was asking him. Uh, but I assumed because it was Bubba Wallace that it was a NASCAR guy. But I literally do not know. I still don't know yeah. who he is yeah, or what he does. Super successful F one guy. Now he's here. you know on the end of his career. He's the oldest guy driving. Um, I had no idea that Taylor Swift. See, we're all learning here. I had no idea that she was just in a six-year relationship. I assumed that Joe. You didn't know just, Joe was out the out of the. Who picture? is Joe? Who, what is it? Alwyn. <laughs> Joe. Joe's her boyfriend. He was. Who was and, he? And what is he? Well, doing? the whole thing now is that everybody. Who, I like it. Who was he? He's dead. No, nobody cares. Yeah. Uh, he also. His life is over. Um, he's not with Taylor Swift. It was a a big thing that he uh, a bunch of celebrities were still following him even though uh, the, the the breakup had happened, and then Taylor had a dinner recently. With a bunch of you know A-listers, uh, including uh, power couple Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively, and everyone that was at that dinner, including Ryan and Blake, immediately unfollowed Joe after dinner. Mm-hmm. So it was oh he she must have said something that he did that was awful that made everyone unfollow him right away after dinner. You think she would spill the beans on an ex? No, never. Not in a song. Well, I was going to ask. She'll, she'll save it for her next yeah. album. I was going to ask you has has she grown up? What is Fernando Alonso getting into? But she she was in a six year relationship, so that's progress. Sure, but she because what was her history before this? Uh, dating guys and breaking up to write songs yeah. about them, and a lot I of, a lot of feel trouble. like I feel like that's she probably is having trouble writing a new album, so she dumped it, dumped him, and now she's got a bridge. Yeah. You don't believe this could be permanent? Who knows? I've, I've I mean, no it's idea. money and money. He's Does other guy have money? He's an actor. He's a well. Fernando is around until she needs to write a new album. You just keep saying the same thing over and over. That's again. what it, that's what's going to be. That's, that's what a, she does. Oh, you're very. Uh, I figured you were going to hold her up, worship her, give us positive, give us positive things about Taylor she, Swift. Now with an F1 driver, she writes great songs. But as you know, as a writer, I understand you need you know sometimes you need like a you know some sort of spark to write something. And in her case, she needs to have weird breakups, and bad breakups. What was your that's column about this week? Uh, that they need to change how they pay running backs. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, there's no one who's going to get really angry with you. 
No, actually, all the feedback so far has been like, you're right, but what do we do? I'm like, I don't know. That's literally what the column said. I don't know what we do. Here's and, my and, strong and I, asked, I don't know what to do. And I know, look, I, I, I'll say right up front, it's not really a fair question to have asked Dave Ziegler. Um, because, obviously, in his case, he's just doing what he's supposed to do as a general manager, and I get it. Um, and so he was he was definitely kind of caught off guard by the question. Yeah. Uh, but he said, look, it's, the position is very, very hard. It sucks. Like, he, honest, just honest about it. He's like, but I'm not going to get into if we should change the pay scale. Well, there should. There needs to be something done. I, though, I actually went back and have looked over many of the latest, not latest, but over the years, there's been suggestions. And I believe the first one that came up with it was actually Max Kellerman, who a few years ago said, why aren't running backs all on one-year contracts and every offseason, if, if teams don't care about securing them for the future, they're not locking them up for the future, every year, every offseason, every running back's on the block, and the highest bidder gets them every year, and then it doesn't count against the salary cap. That would be awesome. That'd be awesome. Okay. Did you ask anyone in football about this? No, I think it's great. I said the one problem is what's going to happen. Immediately, oh, this guy's a running back. Yep. Every, every player's going to say they're a running back. No, you're not. Now you're Debo not. wants to be right, exactly. designated as a running back. Exactly. Or or teams want that. Because, I mean, players, other positions, like Debo got a long-term contract. Right. Running backs don't. So, like, other positions will, you know, a slot receiver will be like, oh, give me a couple carries. I want to be a running back. I want to get that one-year deal. It would be wild. I have no idea what to do about it, but it sucks. Number three. Oh, Taylor Swift. That's right. Okay, we move on. Um, are you feeling good about your dubs? You know, a little gaff at the end of the game with uh, old man well, Steph. I really am now. No deer and fox. We're good. <laughs> we are good. It is over. Thank goodness. That guy has been very pesky. Um, so pesky is a good word. He's he been tough. He's been tough to deal with. So, uh, yeah, I'm not feeling great necessarily. Uh, but did what we had to do at home. Got the two wins. Even the series. Uh, got to got to win one in Sacramento. But I feel like. There'll be a better chance uh, now uh, to, to move forward and try to get this done. So, yeah, I mean, look, listen, yesterday could have been a complete and total disaster. Uh, Steph Curry calls the timeout that they don't have. Steve Kerr does what he's supposed to do as a coach, takes the blame, says I didn't tell them that we had no timeouts. Uh, but, you know, that when that ball is in the air, you know, that, that shot by, uh, by Harrison Barnes is in the air, I think there was definitely a lot of, oh, no, this is the end of the season. This might be the end of the era. But missed. you know, I gotta say, one, Steph actually did a pretty good job defensively. Yeah. I mean, they didn't do a great job by leaving Barnes open, but I would much rather have Barnes shoot it than Fox. Oh yeah. Do oh, you know when? Did you read when Fox hurt the hand? I thought it was a couple plays before that. It looks like he was playing defense. Yeah. He was defending. I think it was Jordan Poole, and then his it's an it's the index finger on his shooting hand, which obviously is his left hand, his yeah. left index finger. So, knowing that, I almost wish they would have let him shoot. Right, that it was all busted up? Yeah, but uh, you don't wouldn't, know that. Wouldn't that so. be a thing, that, you yeah. know, a, a moment where a legend is made? I guess it wouldn't matter if he's out of the series, though, and they don't yeah, win the series. So. Exactly. Congrats, but great hit the game-winning shot, but you're out of the series. Go I mean, is, there, is there any way, unless, unless it's not as serious as, you know, initially thought, is there any way he plays? I, I mean, assume. I saw that he was only out for game five, so. Um, I, well, how the hell is he going to? It's a, I the, don't the, know. the tip of the left index finger. It seems like it would hurt. Well, it's, it's that, and can you freaking handle a ball and shoot it? 
I mean, I've, watching him, I feel like he can. I, I, like the guy can do anything. It's very, been very bothersome. Uh, but, yeah, I think it would be very difficult for him to play. But I don't know. Number two. Is Jalen Hurts kind of unique amongst NFL athletes with this mega deal that he just signed for an average of $51 million a deal or $51 million a year? Although the way it's structured, I have, I have no idea when he actually gets the money. So uh, nobody I, don't does. I don't know. On the books, it's like a million dollars a year. The Kidding. I'm cap hits three million. Yeah, but somehow cash, it's a, he's getting two hundred fifty-five million. Cash is seventy-four it's million. A Bobby Bow deal. It's great. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he's he obviously understands uh, what what the contract means and what the you know what pressures come with it and what uh, what you have to do. I mean, the 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 bottom line of it is when you get a massive deal like that, you know, you have to perform exponentially better than you did even on your own deal because. You have to get value out of what your contract is. You you have to play to the level that you are taking up in the salary cap. That's the reality of a salary cap world. So a ton of pressure goes on you. But Jalen Hurts was talking about how you know this deal made him feel even hungrier than he was before. I mean, most people feel like they're hungry to get that contract, um, and he's saying the right things. I mean, who knows what's really true? But uh, you know, he just said, "I appreciate the money. It's awesome that they did this for me." And he really gave a lot of credit to his agent. It's kind of uh, historic in that he has a female agent, Nicole Lynn, who negotiated this deal and got him, you know, the best deal uh, that anybody's gotten. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think you you hear all the right things from him, but that's who you expect. I mean, if you know about Jalen Hurts, you know that he's that kind of person. But he just said, "I'm into this. Like, I'm hungry. I'm hungrier now than I was before, and I'm hungrier to you know win a title." He said, "The money's great, but championships are better." That's how you remembered. So, uh, we'll see if this does do that for him, which he says it's going to do. Number one. Rob Manfred spoke at what? What is that, APSE? APSE convention. APSE. New York? Uh, yeah, it was in New York. Talked about the A's and Vegas and Oakland. There's a lot in these stories because I know he gave a bunch of quotes to you guys at the RJ. He also spoke to ESPN. I guess the thing that I find interesting is the question about, well, Rob, they're not competitive right now. Are they going to be competitive in Vegas? Did you see how he answered? And the way – this is one of those you have to be really careful as it moves through the aggregators on social media. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I'm seeing Manfred said A's should be competitive in Las Vegas. Yeah. It's not exactly what he's saying. Well, he's saying there's a, a lot more revenue stream that's going to come in, which would, which would help them. But he's saying – he's kind of saying they already are competitive. Which was uh, kind of, yeah, I didn't love that. Yeah. This this whole and he, you know what's funny, the A's basically announced that they're going to move. Vegas people on social media are like, they suck. We don't want them. Then hardcore A's fans are like, they don't suck. They're just in a downturn, and they're like backing them. They're like, they're leaving. <laughs> Why are you still defending them? And then they, you know, then people start stretching out the entire history, and then we're going back to the Philadelphia A's. In some cases, it's been a mid-level franchise. In baseball, and but hanging your hat on, well, they've been competitive. Considering there's no considering when they come here, right? Considering the market, considering the stadium, considering payroll limitations, and that's what we're worried about. So when I see, I'm just trying to see that. I mean, obviously, I know your headline writers. Yeah, see, I, I don't know, man. Your headline on the story is A's Woodfield competitive team in Las Vegas. MLB commissioner says that's not what he said. Because that sounds kind of like a certainty, right? Yeah. He said, 
to me, I think, a potential move to Las Vegas should be all positive on the competitive front. That's not should be. I, I know I'm I know I'm splitting hairs here, but because that but that's the question, right? Do we trust this guy, John Fisher, to come here? We give him five hundred million dollars in whatever it is, tax breaks, you know, they don't have to pay taxes for thirty years. Is he going to spend money on the team? That's a that's a, a very legit question. This should be more competitive. Right. It listen, should be. Listen, listen. Which is which is which the way I read that is he, he turns and he's like how the hell should, do I know? Should be. Yeah. It, yeah. Everything would point to being more competitive, but I mean, I'm sure he wants to say, I don't know what Fisher's gonna do. He's a cheap well, horse's ass. That's well, not me, that's Rob Manfred. Me thinking what Rob well, Manfred also, is thinking. To your point, he does have to think about everything that he's saying, which I, he of doesn't course. always do. But but you but I just he, read to you but, the, the headline: A's Wood Field competitive team in Las Vegas. MLB commissioner says that's not what he said. He said the move should be all positive. And then there was also a quote on uh, the ESPN story where there was a whole there was the difference between you know could and should. Yeah, but I I think you're they looking at, you're looking at field a competitive team as spending money. And I think what he's saying is he he believes they're going to spend money. That doesn't mean they're going to be competitive. I like this. Manfred said the relocation could improve the on-field product. Okay, well, that's – and I know he can't – no one can guarantee anything because even if John Fisher spent more money, bumped the payroll from 58 to $135 million, there's no guarantees, but it certainly gives you a much better shot than having a sub-$60 million payroll. We'll yeah. continue on this. Lots of new information. Interviews going down in different markets. This hour is brought to you by Battleborn Injury Alerts. Yeah, they're not pulling any punches in the Bay Area. That was uh, NBC Bay Area asking Dave Cavill, who then paused for about four seconds, like, whoa, okay. I got to come up with something good here. $500 million. Why would that be good for the taxpayers of Nevada? Here's how Cavill answered. You know, one of the dynamics in Nevada is that you have so many tourists and incremental visitors. And so it's a lot easier to create a positive ROI to invest uh, in these buildings like they did with the Legion Stadium. We think our stadium will have over 400,000 incremental visitors who all pay taxes. So there's a lot of economic rationale and a positive ROI in investing and creating a venue uh, that can attract visitors and also provide for the quality of life for the people who are living in the communities. Okay. So as we referenced in hour one, when Cavill does the interviews outside the market, there's a little more talk about the tourists who are going to be going to the games. Because the, the, the initial pitch was when the first story came out in the uh, the Nevada Independent, I thought I saw 80-20 locals, and now we're talking about tourists, which I understand. It makes sense. The, the last part's kind of interesting, too. We'll improve the quality of life for locals. I mean, the eyesore that has been that Wild Wild West property. You know, actually, when the Wild Wild West was there, which I liked. I liked. Uh, yeah. I, the, I, first of all, I'm offended. I yeah. love that property. And you love you love scoping out the truckers a lot over the years. That's no, that's not true. I like, it, was, it was a great spot. It was, God, uh, it, I, honestly, I'll, I'll say this is honestly why. The number one place in town yes. to be able to park, run in, make a bet if you're not using mobile. It was awesome. It was unbelievable. Yep, yep it was awesome. God, I'm trying to think where where the hell was I yesterday? Was it Saturday? And for last oh, night standing, by the way, 
It was, oh, it was absolutely savior. necessary. Yeah, it was a savior. It was a necessary property. I was somewhere yesterday. I cannot remember where I was though, because I went. We did a uh, we did an appearance, and we're part of the uh, big used or the pre-owned vehicle tent sale at Finley Chevrolet. And some somewhere I was coming back, and there was a there was a woman walking around. Oh, I know where it was. Okay, yeah, it's another area. Yeah, there was a. It was actually up Tropicana a little further. There was a uh, a slender woman, a sl- slender woman, just walking around with a bathing suit, kind of thongish, just oh. bare assed, just walking that's, on Tropicana. I'm like, okay, that's the district. Here we go. Here we go. Well, it's moved up a little bit. It's moved up. No, it's always bit. been. It's from. It's all the way from. Oh, you really know this well. It's. It's from I about can sh- what the, I can, Well, I can show you a group text. What are you, what are you talking about? The Seven Eleven at uh, at Trop and Decatur, and then all the way down Tropicana. I can show, I've had a running group text. Maybe some of the suites, some of the a, fancy suites there. Yeah, I've had a running group text for about five years with a right? bunch of uh, local media people. And anytime we're on Tropicana, you take a picture and send it to the group. I text. had no idea you were doing this. Yeah. I don't want to participate. I'd like to watch. Just kind of watch the conversations. Know what's going on. Yeah. So anyway, will it improve that area? Yes. Uh, the quality of life thing, I think, is debatable. Because if, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the feedback, and again, social media is going to be mostly negative, but a lot of the feedback, uh, especially on Twitter about, coming up with a way to give the A's $500 million for a stadium has been, is this going to be the same as the Knights and the Raiders where we can't afford to go? Which I don't blame people for asking those questions. Is this going to be affordable? I don't know. With 81 games, you would think. I mean, no. <laughs> the answer is no. Well, the answer is no. Okay. Well, I was but, trying to be hopeful. Well, the actual answer is how do you define affordable? I mean, that's right. the – for sure. I mean, there's people that say that going to Golden Knights or Raiders games are affordable. Now, most people I know don't believe that's the case, and they don't get to go to those games. Right. Um, but it's affordable because they're all sold out, and there's people there buying beer and buying food and buying everything, buying memorabilia and and you know jerseys and all that stuff. So you can you can say it's not affordable, but it clearly is. To someone, so I mean, I, the, the whether it's affordable thing is very debatable. Man, we have had we've had an experience with pro sports here, major major league sports here, over the last you know eight nine years now. It's very interesting. Lots of people now have a formulated opinion of what they've experienced. Um, yeah, Ken Smith, you know, traffic guy for a long time now in town. I saw his tweet on on some thread. And he said, I really hope parking is included this time. Allegiant Stadium's lack of <laughs> what? Allegiant. I think he means okay. uh, on the ground okay. somewhere near okay. the stadium got, because there's, there's no parking around. There's really very limited parking around Allegiant. He said Allegiant Stadium's lack of parking has resulted in the casinos gouging locals with crazy high parking rates and walking half a mile across a I-15 in the summer with 105-degree heat to a concert is ridiculous in my opinion. I mean that's that's absolutely fair. I'll say, I would think. Now we don't know all the details yet of what the ballpark village is. I would think there's there's parking because it's going to be like restaurants and shops and stores and and things like that for people when there's not games going on. So you would think they'd have to have parking for that, or else those businesses will not succeed. So I I don't know that they would do that. I wonder what that will cost to park to go to. Restaurants at a ballpark village, restaurants and shops in the off season. Very affordable, seventy four dollars. <laughs> well, to compete with locals, where they go, where it's free, not it anymore. Can't, it can't be much above free. Well, true. I'm talking about uh, 
you know, Tivoli Village or Town Square or oh, whatever just, they're building out. And just wait. Far Hills apparently has some big thing going up there. Just wait. I mean, t- Town Square already has the weird parking Well, they meters. have the fake meters, which you don't have to pay. <laughs> People use them, though. They're, they're, you're stupid. Don't do that. I don't. Yeah. They're not going to ticket you. That is silly. If they do, send your ticket to Steve. That is no, don't, don't, no. So, yeah, you send it to me, and we'll we'll run it by our uh, legal insider, and we'll see what the deal is. So we saw an agreement today with um, I don't know if it was officially with the laborers' union, but some sort of proclamation that the jobs will go to build the stadium to locals. Okay, I think that's kind of a PR move. Um, I did see in your paper multiple times today that. Uh, and we'll have to get Don Logan on this week. Um, Don is saying he's the aviators president that they've at least begun the process of getting an estimate for the field at the ballpark to go to artificial turf. Because if the A's were to come here, like real soon, you'd have AAA and Major League Baseball on the same playing surface. Yeah, there's no way that could happen. Sometimes on the same day. Is that is that part of the idea? It would have to be. I don't. I, mean, I don't wow. think that's part of the idea now. Yeah. Well, what are they going to do? I don't know. I'm you, not even sure how how AAA baseball schedule meshes with Major League Baseball schedule. Know, they now, they've, six. now they've gone to these mega series. They're, are they going to make the A's do that for two years? <laughs> I don't know. They're home when the when the Aviators are not. I mean, I just don't. Do you see any way if this comes down here in the next seven or eight weeks? Do you see any way? That Oakland is going to say, "Yep, go ahead, use our coliseum. We're going to hold you to that lease. You got to play here for next year, maybe just to make it miserable." Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, yeah. Or, no, you can get out of it for two billion dollars, <laughs> or give us the fi- the fi- you know have Nevada throw in an extra five hundred million, pay us the five hundred million to go away. Uh, Manfred did tell the people with AP today at the uh, meeting convention in New York, said he believed it was feasible schedule-wise to have the A's and the top major league, check that, minor league squad, Sherry Ballpark. Be great. The A's will just play in November. I don't think that works either. I mean, I, I would think at some point you're going to have to have two games on the same day, which if it's July, I, we don't know. We have no idea what they're planning on doing. I just don't see how you would do that. I guess you would have to change all of AAA's schedule. I don't know. And just have them at home and the A's are not? I don't know. But that would change every team. I also think there's an interesting challenge, even though you're not – I don't think they're going to be able to increase the capacity of the LV ballpark by any consideration. Do you think they're going to add seats on? No, I mean, they didn't – Right? I mean, the NFL did not did it for two years in a much smaller – At the, at the soccer stadium yeah. Yeah, in Carson. Um so I guess traffic over by LB Ballpark wouldn't be different, would it? I mean, just well, every, every, every game would likely be sold out, like to the Gills 10,000. Sure, and let's also point out that that's more than double what they're drawing now. Yeah. So I, I think they'll be fine for two years at 10,000. There'll probably be a lot of standing room. I mean, there is a lot of area to stand, like out in the outfield. Probably do a lot of standing room tickets, things like that. Who is the bad guy in this whole thing? There are a lot of people around the country who are like, Oakland didn't get a ton. You're going to lose your third team. Shame on you. Shame on you, old mayor, new mayor. I mean, I think it's I think it's the A's. I mean, the mayor said uh, she was disappointed the team didn't negotiate with the city as a true partner. She said, it's clear to me that the A's had uh, no intention of staying in Oakland and have simply been using this process to try to exact a better deal out of Las Vegas. Yeah, and uh, honestly, it seems on the surface that the deal in Oakland is still better than the one here. 
So what are you doing? Like they clearly didn't want to be in Oakland. They wanted to be here and they were just doing whatever they could to finally get the 500 million that they wanted out of, out of Vegas or maybe even more, who knows what they want to get. Uh, and they were just, you know, playing Oakland, even though, Hey, Hey, your deal's better. Sure. We're out anyway. It doesn't matter. Rob Manfred said, I, I feel sorry for the fans in Oakland. I really do. Do you? No, he doesn't. Do you? Uh, but for the city of Oakland to point fingers at John Fisher, it's not fair. Okay. And then he went even further in backing the A's and what they've been doing, you know, not playing a high level of baseball and saying this, that again, suggesting things will turn when they go to a better market. I think the A's baseball operation staff is as good as any in the game. I will vouch personally, John Fisher wants to win. Well, he hasn't recently. It's been intentional. Like that I think that's the part that maybe isn't talked about enough or like, hey, this team is just really bad. No, they're intentionally bad. They wanted Oakland to be angry with them so they wouldn't try to give them a deal. They're bad on purpose. He vouches for them. Yeah. They could. They should. They'll be better. Colas are coming through in the double overtime victory. 5-4 win for the Knights over the peg. He's been chippy. He's had an attitude throughout the series. I like it. Did you notice what Colasar did after the play, Adam? After the play, after the goal? Well, he went up to the glass and just stared down a random fan in Winnipeg. Keegan Colasar's unreal celly. What is that? I don't know what that is. Celebration? That's a celebration. Yeah. Okay. Celly. Celly? Celly? I was like making Ari laugh. Because he's so much younger than us. When I play old, when I play old guy, the Selly. Okay. Yeah. Um, you have vouched for so anyway. So Kolasar scores the goal, goes up against the glass, and just sits there and stares at one guy. Yeah. And then yeah. the guy's like, Ooh, and all the and, pictures, and he gets he gets up, and then he like he said something real quick, and he's like, we're losing. Well, he sat down. Do we know what he said? No, but that's actually not the story. I, I what is the set story? that up because it went viral because he was just staring down a random fan and everybody's like, look at this. He's just staring this guy down. Did this you know is the guy? Great. Yeah, it's a good friend. Ah! Uh, good friend uh, owns a business that he knows ah! and then used the post game to plug his friend's business. No. Yeah. What's the business? Let's give it the free uh, pop. It is. I'm sure, is it some crappy Canadian pizza place? No wine company. Ban- oh, really? Banville and Jones Wine Company in Manitoba. You should go buy that, everybody. Can you get it in America? That know. that fan played – basically it was a mark. It sure. was a mark because I was going to go off on the fan. Because it, here's the thing. It's not just that fan. But I'm going to go off on that fan because the fan stood up and was like – and like said nothing and then just sat – he threw his hands up and he's like, eh, we're losing. And that was all the reaction he got. And then if you look to the right and left of the fan, every, no one gets up! <laughs> The guy is talking trash on the glass at an NHL game. It's a pivotal playoff game. All the fans are like, well, that was kind of mean. Well, they were depressed. That's that's depressing. I don't know why that they young man. I don't know why that young man did that. They're very friendly folks up there. Toby, tell me why why do you do that? <laughs> what? Is Toby a Canadian? Name? I don't know. I just figure so Toby's mean. kind of a docile husband. The Toby from the office? I don't know. I made it up. I made it up. But why didn't they do anything? 
I feel like Flyers, Rangers, like even Canadians, like the fans, Canadians, Montreal Canadians, like someone would have tried to break the glass. Well, Montreal is a very different part of Canada. It's its own people. It is very different. I just, I'm just talking about hockey passion. Sure. Uh, I don't think it's a hockey passion. Nothing. I think they really were just genuinely depressed about the goal. Man, look at that. No one gets up to yell after the outrageous Selly. They may have also known. Like, who knows what, it, what they were saying to The whole other. crowd? What do you mean? It's glass. You can't hear anything. He's like, hey, Billy, what's up? Right? Hey, Kigo! <laughs> Key, it's Keegs. You get up. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know the. I had no idea. Well, this is part part of our part of our I know. show is well, just uh, filling you in on what you know, the name is. Well, I picked up on Chandler Stevenson. Uh, Butchie mentioned Chandler Stevenson. Stevie. Stevie. Yeah, Stevie. And what was it? What's a Mario? It's like Mati or something or Mikey? Is it just Mikey? Uh, I know a, it was a nickname. Steve? Yeah. Well, oh, I mean, I, I, everybody goes with a Mario as. Eh, that's a Mario from, from Mario Brothers. Who's everybody? You, you dorks upstairs? No, it was, or it was started when he was in LA. Oh, really? Now it's now it's here. Um, I you know got in on the Amadio save the princess with the, okay. when he scored the overtime goal. Did you see the guy caught on camera at the very end of the game, the double overtime victory? They showed a couple of Vegas Golden Knights fans who were just giddy and beside themselves, and then there was some other guy wearing like a white wig, sunglasses, and just looking up to the sky. Just stunned. Just sad. It was, it was actually, it was I got to say, it was very reminiscent of you watching the World Cup sure. and USA losing. And, it, and there was a weird shadow or image, and it, it appeared that you had a woman in your lap and your head <laughs> sure. was back. But no, USA had lost a horrific soccer game. Yeah. Shot missed. Yeah, you didn't need that. I, I, again, another play where your youth is, is getting exposed. You had so much time, Malik. You did not have to take on two defenders and try to create a circus shot. He's got Curry on the switch. Fox over to Barnes for the lead. And that's it. The Warriors survive. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with John Von Tobel. Damn it! Damn it! I'm playing Kings fan there. Inside of about three minutes, the whole thing blows up. Unbelievable. Sacktown and Golden State. What was that? About 43 seconds left. Sacramento comes down. I believe at the time they were down four. They take a stupid shot. Barnes gets the final shot. I'll give GSW credit. They played good defense. Steph played pretty good defense. Barnes, good luck. Doesn't make it. And we find out today that just... A little while earlier in the game, that on defense, De'Aaron Fox broke a finger. John Von Tobel is in. John, I'm sad. I'm sad. I almost had it all. I almost um, had it all. Cue, cue the, I guess you're anti-Golden State and anti-Draymond? A little bit. Uh, cue the Whitney Houston. Right? Good. You're going to sing it, Ari? Didn't we almost have it all? Didn't we almost have it all? All right, John. Uh, there's no shot that De'Aaron Fox is coming back, right? Oh, there's a shot. What? Yeah, some, yeah, some of the reports are indicating that he's going to give it a go and maybe try to wear some sort of either splint or cover on the finger. What? Um, you know, the intricate details, I guess. It's just the tip of the left pointer finger. So maybe he can try to fight through it. He's considered doubtful, but right. he's not been ruled out. And I think that's the important part. And we've seen guys, Kobe is one of the more famous ones, right, with the, the wrapped and splint finger. 
on the shooting hand in which I think they ultimately won a title with because he was dealing with that injury. So mm. I don't think it's unheard of if he would play. But right now he's considered doubtful. But by all accounts, they're going to try to find some way to get him to go. So they're not dead yet. I'll say on the other side, uh, Steve Carr won't admit this, but uh, I would suspend uh, Kevon Looney or Draymond Green if they didn't finish off breaking his finger. If he plays. <laughs> I mean, that's mean, but that's NBA basketball. And people think it's all wimpy now. Ain't so wimpy, is it? Right? It's It's rough out there. Guys are going fast. Uh, but I hold out little hope that Fox is going to play. But, hey, they had their chances in that game. They had their chances. They just didn't execute, and they even – they got a break, right? Adam's guy, Steph Curry, really? went Chris Webber, and they still couldn't take advantage of it. Of course. It led to a four-point play. And don't and we'll give Curry credit, too. I mean, he played some pretty solid defense on the final possession to keep Fox in front of him. And, you know, Draymond kind of hedged out and gave him like a half double, so he was forced to kick to Harrison Barnes. But that led to a pretty good look, and Curry still went out and contested pretty hard. And, you know, they missed. So, it's a look, it's a missed opportunity. And I, I think it's crazy because you're talking about potentially – a 3-1 series lead, and who knows what happens to the Warriors' dynasty going forward, right? Like, if they win this and go on to win the Western Conference, get to the NBA Finals one more time, like, what could have been if they would have lost that, go down 3-1, and then who knows what happens with the uh, the trio, if you will, of Draymond, Clay, and Steph. So, that no, was a really big moment I think we're going to look back on, and it's going to be a pretty big one, in the I think, in the grand scheme of what the narrative is for this Golden State Warriors dynasty. We should win the series, right? And we, of course, my dog. We, I, I mean, now, given the injury with yeah. with De'Aaron Fox, the fact that the – I think the market – Adam, I know you have a lot of respect for the betting market. I think the market's been a little high on Golden State throughout this series from a pre-flop series standpoint, making them $2.95 favorites um, to even after this tie, right? So now, before we knew about De'Aaron Fox, it was like a minus 180 price on the Golden State Warriors to win the series. But I would say now, given the fact that the Ooh. digit is broken, Ooh. they should win this series, yes. And by the way, I guess I'll throw in a half wee because we've got some pretty good numbers on the Warriors to win the good. Western Conference. Uh, so I, I, just, I mean, to, that, to that point, I don't want to dig too deep in the woods on it, but I will a little bit, that were they were, was the market high on Golden State or were they just low on Sacramento? I think all year, despite Sacramento's record, I think a lot yeah. of people just said, eh, it's Sacramento. But that team's legit. Oh, dude, and I think it's a fair point. I, I I say that the market was high on Golden State because I'm tying that also in with the odds and the narrative around Golden State, right? Just, you know, that they're the Warriors. But I think you're absolutely right. I mean, look, when you're talking about their Western Conference Finals odds and, and NBA Finals odds, when they're behind like six other teams, despite being the three seed before the postseason began or before any of the seeds were determined, I think you're right. Like, And look, think about it just from an anecdotal standpoint, Adam, of like the NBA, right? The final day of the regular season, what was it all about? It was all about avoiding the Suns to get into the sixth seed to potentially play the Sacramento Kings instead of the Suns. And the Kings, to your point, have looked every bit of a three seed in the Western Conference throughout this entire series with you know seconds away or an inch away from being up 3-1 on the defending champ. So I would say yes, absolutely. If you wanted to go that direction and say that the market was just low on Sacramento, I would not fight it. And I agree with you wholeheartedly that I think people should stop sleeping on them because they look like a legitimate bunch. Lakers-Grizzlies. Well, that was a message sent, huh? <laughs> Smart play by uh, Dylan Brooks. That didn't work out. Can uh, we talk about how big of a wimp he is? <laughs> go ahead, fire away. Wait, wait, what are we? What are we doing? The, can we like his? According to Tim McMahon on ESPN, I don't know if you guys had this detail or not. According to Tim McMahon, who does like covers that region for them in terms of the NBA, his teammates call him Dylan the villain. So what are we doing? Blaming the big bad media for the perception of you being a villain. That is the wimpiest thing I have ever seen in my life. He deserves every bit of smoke that comes in his direction. Come on, dude. 
Grizz have a fighting chance in this thing now. Minus or check that plus two seventy for the series. No, you guys didn't like my Dylan Brooks thing, huh? No, uh, I liked no, it. We, I mean, it's, there's not much to add to it. You're right. He's a horse's <laughs> ass on a lot of fronts. He's, um, and and the action in the game is just stupid. Yeah. No, I would say, look. So that you're this is this will be jaded analysis or you know biased analysis. Excuse me. Um, when it comes to this, because I have a I have a series ticket on the Lakers uh, before it began uh, to win this thing. I think the matchups dictate everything for the Lakers, and I don't think, Steve, I've seen anything through three games that would make me think that that's not going to be the case moving forward. Over the last two games, the Grizzlies have shot under 50% or excuse me, under 60% within four feet of the basket. Anthony Davis in two of the three games has been an absolute force to be dealt with down low against them, and you're starting to see, too. I mean, look, it's only one game, so we'll see how it moves forward, but Jaron Jackson Jr., right in the first two games, playing about 40-ish minutes per game, scoring at a pretty high clip, not anywhere near the same production on the road. And this is a Grizzlies team that has been notoriously poor away from home. You know, I, I don't know if you guys have bantied about the stat. The, uh, oh, I think it's 0 of 14 straight up as a road underdog, 2 and 12 against the spread, something like that. They have not performed well away from home at all this season. Ties into John Morant's, you know, whatever he's doing on the road, but it just ties into a team like many others this season that have had some trouble away from home, including the aforementioned Warriors. I just don't know. Like, they always have a chance, right? Because they're only a five point underdog. But from a matchup standpoint, I don't see a um, I don't see this realistically going the way of the Memphis Grizzlies for the series. That is John Von Tobel right here on ESPN Las Vegas. He has a full time gig with Vsin. He's also a podcaster for the Superbook. So the deal is finally done. Packers move on Aaron Rodgers. Do you want to comment on the compensation, or do you want to go right to the gambling aspect of it? Uh, yeah, I don't really have much on the compensation. Was there anything that I missed? I mean, it seems to make sense, right? Swap firsts and then a can like a, um, the conditional a second, second round pick. Yeah, yeah the conditional go, second means uh, the Packers could get a first if Aaron Rodgers plays at least sixty five percent of the plays this year. Yeah, I, I would I would say really quick, Steve, before we move to the gambling stuff. Uh, I, I was I hear a lot of like, and they're going to get that first. I don't know if that's guaranteed. Aaron Rodgers has missed some time uh, in his time as quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, and he's coming off of a injury that hampered him pretty badly to his hand, or thumb, right uh, last season. So it's not guaranteed, but I thought it was a pretty solid deal for a guy who could be, you know, pretty dang good considering he won the MVP in consecutive years just two a season ago. Let's get real crazy on this. So. Who do we want to compare him to? Which quarterback do we want to compare him to from a year ago with the Jets? Rodgers. Because we always talk about, hey, what's the improvement or what's what's the point differential from the starter to the backup? So we can kind of do it here with the Jets, getting Aaron Rodgers. Like what's the upgrade? Like what's the – is it plus six? Is it plus seven? Is it plus four? And keep in mind, a year ago, the Jets in 17 games, on average, their margin was minus 1.2. Yeah, but I would also say so – your your value as a quarterback is always tied to who's behind you, right? right? So it's not necessarily you as a quarterback. It's the difference between you and your backup. I think that's always one of the misnomers out there. So like Aaron Rodgers doesn't have one inherent value. It depends on who his backup is. So I would say if it's Wilson as his backup quarterback, then I think <laughs> we're talking about nearly a full touchdown. And if it's it's Strebler still on the roster, right? Yeah. So I, I think it would probably I mean anywhere near like a full touchdown in terms of the difference between him and okay. the two guys behind him. So what should that mean to the win total? They were seven and ten a year ago. Uh with some health, they should be better. Mm-hmm. So is nine and a half too low? Is it about right? What do you think? The win total on the so Jets? I I tend to think in these situations, like I'm trying to find ways to either go against it or in other areas, I'm trying to find some value because of the moves that this team has made, right? So like, for example, for the New York Jets, like 
I think that when you have a move like this, you tend to get the market to increase it a little too high because it's also guarding against action, right? Because you're going to get the rash of public bettors to come in because, hey, it's the Jets, it's Aaron Rodgers, this is sexy, this is great. Let's bet on them to do a lot of good things. And so I tend to look like under the total, right? Because again, I think there is a question to be asked of, like we have some recent examples, specifically Russell Wilson, there's no guarantee that Aaron Rodgers comes back and is Aaron Rodgers that we expected him to be. There is a reality in which Aaron Rodgers actually continues to decline as an NFL quarterback. And I think that's something that you have to take into account as you look at hammering over nine and a half. In an AFC, by the way, that is completely loaded and in a division that they're going to have to play a bone, uh, divisional games against. That is very good. And I wouldn't even sleep on a team like the New England Patriots who in a better offensive system, giving Mac Jones some help in this draft offensively, you would assume, and a defense that Steve ranked second or first in EPA per play defensively last year is still going to be extremely competitive. So I'm looking to play under on the New York Jets in terms of their win total. I'm trying to find other spots in the AFC to look around to find teams to either make the playoffs because they're odds-on favorites now to make the postseason. And I'm looking elsewhere in the division. Like, again, I mentioned them, and I'm not doing this to be contrarian, I think the probability of the Patriots winning that division is higher than the market is giving them credit for. But because Aaron Rodgers is there, because the Buffalo Bills are there, and because the Miami Dolphins are there, those odds are really ballooned up. So like me, my personal tact is to always look elsewhere when the move happens as opposed to the move itself because I don't think you're getting the value that you should. Real quick, because I want to talk about the food photo you sent us. Uh, Right now, Packers, 7.5 win total under minus 130. I kind of want to go over, man. Like I, it was an, it was. Don't get me wrong, very small sample size. But what you saw, Jordan Love looks a little bit more comfortable. I was actually somewhat impressed with the way he looked in that game against Philadelphia Eagles when he came in at garbage time last year. I get it, but I'm talking about like not winning the Super Bowl, but going over that win total and being a team to bet on from an ATS standpoint. It's not a team devoid of talent, and if Jordan Love even takes a positive step here, I don't think they're going to be terrible at all. John Von Tobel's with us. V Sin, he's on ESPN. Las Vegas. All right, we got to close on. You sent us over a picture of some sort of rice dish. Ari, of all people, ID'd it as fried rice. I'm like, eh, I don't think that's the right color. What are we looking at here on a on another Chefy Monday? That is, uh, I'm going to try to do this every Monday now that I come on with you guys, try to cook something so I can show it to you. Uh, that is arroz con pollo, just rice with chicken. Um, okay. Chicken so thighs to- or chicken breast? Chicken thighs every time. Don't get don't get all salty. Get a little too dry. Don't I don't get all salty. I knew I knew what the answer was going to be. All right, we get it. Chicken thighs are better. Okay. They are the right. best kind of meat. Is Roscon pollo peasant food? I I think it's considered it, right? Is it? It's kind of easy to make. Be careful. Huh. It's Spanish. You should, you should ask around because I'm I'm okay. very much into the whole peasant food and when uh, what has happened. That's not an insult to anyone. Like every every uh, ethnicity has a staple food that is really cheap. But I find now that when you go out, peasant food is now more than expensive. I think. Uh, I think. I think a lot of stuff has been jumped through the roof, and it's like Google wow. tells me that it is. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, it's interesting, right? We'll have to. Uh, we'll get into this topic later in the week. Well, we'll squeeze it in on draft day. You're going to be in on Thursday, so we'll have to get, yeah. get some. Uh, are you going to bring some this time? By the way, you didn't bring me oh, carbonara. Well, I was embarrassed by the carbonara. Actually, it didn't come out well. Oh, so okay, I know I what it. I did wrong. So I'm going to remake it for you, and I'll bring you some. Well, this will hold. This will hold till Thursday. You can yes, bring a little yes. Tupperware of that. I got you. Oh, I love it. It looks delicious. Enjoy it. I delicious. Will.